brother. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the pro wrestling edition as we catch his catch can be with another lethal dose of that performance enhancing audio. The man with the plan, the Brian Campbell. Yes, the voice that you hear back again to recap the week that was in WWE and keep those glasses of under juice runneth over. On the red hot road to WrestleMania 34, this is the Major Leagues of Wrestling Podcasting. Welcome to the big show, brother. Well-dressed Nick Costos is idle once again this week, but with good reason. You can check out the most passionate man in North America, along with many other top CBS sports talent in your new home for scores, news, and all of your highlight needs. I'm talking about CBS Sports HQ, a 24-7 streaming channel covering the biggest games, best plays, and crucial insights from the world of sports. You can stream it for free anytime on the CBS Sports app from Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, your cell phone, tablet, any other connected devices, or you can watch online anytime, 24-7 on CBSSportsHQ.com. Like the ITC, it's something you simply won't want to miss. But with me, as always, is my co-host. Oh, yeah. No longer from Russia, but still with love. I'm talking the Silver King himself, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now, and we should also point out our very own well-dressed Nick Costas has his own show on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch it every single night. I believe it's from 5 to 6 p.m. You'll see well-dressed Nick uh, breaking down some gambling angles, fantasy angles for all the games every single night. And now you know why Nick has not been on this show on a weekly basis. It's because he's thrown himself completely into HQ, but he will be back on the ITC sooner than later. Nick is all in on HQ right now. I'm all in. Are you all in? Yes, Brandy. Yes. But Silver King, it's nearly, nearly time to get the party started. Let's do this. But before we do, I just want to mention how liberated and free I feel right now as a wrestling fan. The angry, pessimistic nitpicking TBC is gone. The powers of positivity. Campbell is back in his rightful place because Adam, even though Sunday's elimination chamber, a little hotter, cold hit or miss overall for me, the road to WrestleMania 34 is bright. I loved raw. I kind of like SmackDown, which, you know, as you know, is a giant, huge change right now. And I feel like WWE is like, I don't know, either finally listening to me or at the very least, putting out the good china ahead of dinner, so to speak. (laughs) And I almost feel like they're saying this to me through the TV screen. Is that what gets you off? Don't you understand? We get them off. They don't get us off. In short, (laughs) I feel like I'm getting off right now. Are you taking this journey with me? Yeah, I I mean, listen, I'm feeling more optimistic than I was a week ago or two weeks ago, but I don't really think it has to do with Raw because Raw has been hot. With the last three, four weeks, we've been maybe nitpicking Raw on some booking decisions, but we've been bought into what WWE's doing on Monday nights. SmackDown has been awful. This week was not awful. I would say it was average. But you know what, BC? If you have two brands and one is great and one is average to below average, that second half is not really good enough for me to go into WrestleMania. So call me the bad guy if you want. I chose that theme song for a reason, okay? But – I don't think that SmackDown has anywhere near fully fixed, and and I'm okay with you being optimistic, but 
let's I think we need to bring it back in just a little bit, especially when it comes to the blue brand. I just feel like there's a spirit in the air. And look, it's no surprise, right? It's just about to turn March. It's WrestleMania season. It's supposed to be good. It's not, certainly not like outstanding great yet, but I just feel like they're putting out their best foot forward in most cases. Even the things we don't understand yet, there's still optimism that it's setting the tone for, for, you know, for the big reveal as we get closer to April 8th in New Orleans. Like, yeah, come on. Let's, let's drink it. Let's drink that juice now. In many cases, I think you're right, but I mean, you put together today's rundown for our show, and there are plenty of things on here where we're questioning what they're doing. So I'm not going to fully buy in until I see how some of this resolves itself. But yes, I think we're on a good path. There's a good foot forward. BC, before we move on to the main event, though, there's one thing I think we need to tackle. We talked about this offline a lot. I'm going to bring it up now on the air. We have an outstanding bet that we need to settle, and we need to kind of figure out what the terms are going to be, okay? So to bring everyone else in. WWE, within the next, I think, we, we think six months or so, is going to sign a new TV contract. And it seems to be most likely down between USA, which is NBC, you know, Universal, and Fox. And BC is sure that WWE is going to be signing with Fox. Raw is going to be on Fox. SmackDown is going to be on FS1. I think WWE knows where their bread's buttered, and they're going to stick with USA Network and NBC long-term BC. So, do you still feel that way? And, and I want you to tell everyone why you feel so confident in this. I just feel like these stars are aligning for this. And then look, if you're going to argue my point, certainly you can bring up the XFL situation. The Fox is an NFL rights holder. What, what are they going to do there? Look, that obviously has to, would have to be sorted out. But I just feel like I've seen a few things that give me those feels. And then when I see Colin Coward Tuesday night posting a picture of himself backstage on SmackDown, one of the most notorious wrestling haters that's part of his shtick forever, and he's sitting front row with Fox executives, I'm just saying – I'm getting them feels, and long-term, I think this would be a very good sign for the health of pro wrestling if there's a possibility that Raw can go mainstream on Big Fox. Almost, you know, like we used to have quarterly with Saturday night's main event. Could we ever have Raw mainstream on Fox? You could be talking about the third modern boom period. We're talking about the revolution. WWE could play a major part in in the overall wrestling, you know, not the indie revolution, the overall wrestling revolution back to the forefront, and I think Fox is that player. All I'm saying is I'm getting them feels. Stay tuned. I think it's going to happen. So for me, I think a move, while I understand the audience is bigger on network, I think going cable to networks, just a mistake for WWE if they were to do that. And I think, look, they moved, they left USA Network before and they saw what happened with Spike and granted, uh, and I don't even remember what TNN it was at the time, then it became Spike. Granted, Fox is not TNN and Spike, right? It's a much bigger deal right now. <laughs> but I, I don't think Colin Coward has any convictions. He may well have been there for his son or his kids or, no, no. or whatever. I, I don't put any stock into that. So BC, This is the same I, I Silver just, King, by the way, who said Jericho would only go to NJPW if Vince gave him full permission. And who said the— I, who said the all in wouldn't be 10,000 filled? We'll, we're, we're proving you wrong piece by piece. Well, no, 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 no. Let's not put words into my mouth. Okay. With, with Jericho, I said, I did say the Vince permission thing and I thought that's kind of how it went down. It didn't exactly go down that way. It was after the fact, but Vince did give some approval or a pat on the back. And then with all in, I never said it wouldn't hit 10,000. I think it'll be very difficult and I still do without CM Punk. Or Daniel Bryan. But, BC, I'm not letting you escape. I want terms for this bet. <laughs> I, I want I want everyone listening right now to know that there's something on the line here. So here's what I propose. You let me know if you accept it, okay? The pr- proposition is this. If WWE re-signs with USA Network or NBC Universal, whatever you want to call it, one week of this show becomes in this corner with Adam Silverstein. Wow. The boyhood dream comes the true at, at WrestleMania 12. I mean, if If you're right and they sign with Fox – for 
either two or four weeks, I'll let you choose see how cruel you want to be to me. I cannot criticize the revolution. I have to fully buy in and talk like it's a real thing. No quote on, no quote unquote. I'll watch any match you tell me to. I'm all yours for the all revolution. All right, why don't we why don't we amend this? All right, I like the one okay. half that it'd be in this corner with Adam Silverstein. It'd be like the NWO taking over for that one pay per view they had, right? Where it's or we can do. Uh, or if, if TBC wins, we can do a full revolution episode. I don't care how good WWE was that week. We do a full revolution episode. I'm talking about an NJPW guest. I'm talking about all revolution all the time. Well, it's your show. So technically we can do that whenever you want, but yes, that's fine. I, I, I will do that. Uh, I, we can do it. I mean, it would have to obviously be after WrestleMania and everything dies down, you know, assuming something happens soon, but yes, hundred percent down for that. All right. What if what, what if uh, the winner of this TV contract is is a, is a left fielder that we didn't see coming? What if Amazon, Netflix slash you know somebody else takes it over? That it's, it's well, a then push. Then then we and WWE are probably in for some rough times. Yes. Yeah. If they're going to get off network TV without or cable TV without that money coming in, so that'll yeah, be interesting. Absolutely. Hey, why don't we roll into that uh, that opening segment we like to do? This is the main event. All right. All right. We're out of that now. BC Roman Reigns. Yeah, he's still getting pushed. He won the Elimination Chamber on Sunday night at Elimination Chamber, then went into Monday Night Raw and delivered a scathing work shoot promo to begin his, to restart, I should say, his feud with Brock Lesnar. We're going to get into all the details of this, the booking of the Elimination Chamber, so on and so forth. But Hero or Zero BC, because it's the main event. Whoa, but we can whoa, say Hero here, or Zero off the top of we, the show. We, we can do a Hero or Zero right off the top of the show. Hero or Zero on how Roman Reigns specifically was booked in the chamber and on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, you, it's not exclusive to give an answer that covers both, right? Because the Elimination Chamber match was so predictable coming in. And look, I thought the women's inaugural Elimination Chamber match was fantastic. I thought it was perfectly booked. It had high spots. It had intensity. I actually thought the men's Elimination Chamber, if I'm going to give you a negative for WWE this week, didn't live up to the expectations that I wanted. And it was sort of just too vanilla. So I'm not going to lump that into the hero I want to throw, which is the kickoff to the Brock Roman feud, the official kickoff here, because I don't know if you can hear that sound inside of me right now. Oh, wow. Just let that play out. But this is feel spot activated, and it goes down to this. It's something I said about the posit- the potential of a Cena-Taker feud. Don't lump two stars together when we feel like we know they're going to be lumped together. And don't give us vanilla booking. Hey, here's two stars. They're going to fight each other. Give us a reason to care. Man, to WWE give us a reason to care on Roman's promo, his work shoot of Brock Lesnar. Adam, you said it yourself in our Slack channel. It, it, it really is the truth. That was the greatest promo of Roman Reigns' career. You believed it. It was intense. It was so well written. But even better, it was so well delivered badass delivered you wanted to love this guy and we can get into it in a second whether we thought parts of it were real whether we think it's it's there's, where there's smoke there's fire i just want to get into that roman performance with you and just say this bravo to the wwe once again for going back to the well and trying to make reigns a face because this gave him believable deserved face cheers it did i i thought it was his best promo ever like you said even better than the Cena Reigns promos because while this was scripted, you could tell it was somewhat off the cuff. He lost his place early, just like he did, by the way, in the Cena one. And that 
is a long-term issue for Reigns. But he lost his place early, recovered, and once he recovered, he rolled through the rest of that promo. I was extremely impressed with that. So for me, it was a hero on Monday night. I liked what he did. I thought, I think, that is an angle that you can push him on in this entire feud with Lesnar. He's never there, especially because you know he's not going to be on every Raw leading into WrestleMania. And you know, he, and hold on, he probably feels it's just like when The Miz had that great build to John Cena. Right. He probably felt, hey, John Cena, you're a part-timer celebrity who's not here like I am every night. Reigns probably feels this about Lesnar. That's why it's brilliant. Well, let's not forget, this also harkens back to Cena's promos he cut against The Rock during that two-year True. feud. And it was has a little bit, it's very similar to the promos Reigns was cutting against Cena for going off and coming back. I didn't really like it so much because that was such a repeat of The Rock, Cena. And also Cena's around all the time where The Rock was gone for years. Like, it's very different. Anyway, we're, we're off topic here. Um, I thought Reigns was very good on Monday, all encompassed, you know, all, all together. Sunday, though, BC... In the chamber, and I don't know how you want to tackle this because it really is a two-part main event in this particular topic here. But in that match, I thought Reigns was terrible. I don't just mean how he was booked. I thought wrestling, he was kind of sloppy a little bit. I didn't necessarily believe in him uh, towards the end of the match. Maybe that was partially working with Strowman, two slow guys. I mean, Reigns isn't slow. He's athletic. But it was clunky for me, basically. And I I did not like really any part of the men's elimination chamber match. And I think that hurt Reigns more than Monday night helped him. That's true. And it did. Look, and I again, I thought the booking was vanilla. Uh, you know, you become a, a rightful harper on WWE, not protecting finishes and not pushing finishes in, in a column you had last week on CBS Sports. And you're right. And you saw that with Braun Strowman kicking out of like 76 uh, finishes. And it's like that stretching it out that long, I don't think was the right booking for him. And it just kind of made us go, we know Reigns is going to win anyway. And now you're building the the mountain to get us there where you're setting up every corner for us to just kind of not like Reigns in the end. But I did think, Adam, and they do this a lot from the Sunday to Monday. I don't know if it's purposeful, but there's a lot of Sunday nights we go home unhappy and they fix the damage on Monday. I really thought they fixed the entire package here. And maybe I'm always a sucker for work shoots, and I am, because in the reality TV area, especially in pro wrestling, that's how you get us, right? You know, from from the start of this whole idea with the screw job through, you know, CM Punk's pipe bomb run. I mean, this was Roman Reigns' pipe bomb. It's his pipe bomb now, right? It's his yard now. And this was Reigns being everyone I want him to be, everything I want him to be, because he's calling Brock Lesnar a bitch. I mean, he's doing things that nobody gets to do. Yeah, the, the problem is he's just not consistent with it, like – They need to give him consistent mic time to cut similar promos down the stretch over the next five weeks as we head into WrestleMania. If this is a one-time thing and then the next time they're in the ring together, and again, we'll have to talk separately about Lesnar and Heyman and what's going to happen there. But if Heyman just cuts him down and he throws a couple cutaway lines to Brock, okay, I mean, he doesn't look as strong. Going head-to-head with Paul Heyman, Reigns needs to be able to deliver lines and keep up line by line and segment by segment as we move in, because the biggest thing with Reigns, look, we've never criticized him in the ring. He is extremely talented, athletic. He tells good stories in the ring. And almost every single match he's in with the top talent, we can consider one of the best, you know, 50 of the year in WWE because there's so many matches, obviously. But it's it's the mic work that doesn't always work and the booking that doesn't always work. And that's why I want to go back to the elimination, elimination chamber, BC. You touched on it a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But feeding Brock to Reigns in that scenario at the end of the match, it just didn't work at all. Braun. Even Braun, I'm sorry. Even worse for me was that Reigns won and Braun kicked his ass afterward and just made him look like absolutely nothing. 
I understand what Vince McMahon wanted to do in that match. He wanted Braun to look as strong as possible in a losing effort. And that, and that's what they did. But it also wasn't realistic. Like, if they took Braun out in the middle of that match after that powerbomb or after, or after a couple of the finishes immediately after it, that's the spot you get him out. You let Reigns go with Cena or Balor or anyone else. What they were concerned about was him beating Rollins or him beating Balor and the crowd booing him. Yeah, and no, that's you're right. They didn't do four it. guys pinning Braun at once would have been much more of a believable spot than him throwing all four in opposite ends of the cage. And I think it almost was like a Nia Jax thing. They made the decision. She's not going to win the Elimination Chamber, so let's protect her by leaving it out. I know, of course, then she ended up losing to Asuka, and it's another story, but still, that's a you know big-time match. I think Braun should have been out of this. If you're not going to let him win it, if you're not going to let him get screwed by something, you know, I'm st- look, I hate the default idea of just putting somebody against the authority. You know, against the evil screw, cause look, it's been repeated over and over from Steve Austin through Reigns, and each time it gets a little bit worse. But I'd rather have Braun go up against the, the authority and the machine and get him screwed as a more believable way of why he can't, if he's that dominant, if he can take the building and put it on his shoulders and flip it upside down, and he can almost turn the, uh, the entire broadcast like off the air. Then just basically, you know, let him let him be in an impossible situation. I don't like him just in, against impossible booking. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I didn't love the Elimination Chamber. But I don't want you to sit in that puddle too long. And I also don't want you to sit in the forward-facing puddle that says, well, Reigns is pretty good on Monday, but can he do it again? Sit in the in the warm, nice pool for a second, Adam, and just revel at this guy, Roman Reigns, who, yes, WWE has to always go to the well. They reunited the Shield to get him over, and it didn't fully work. And maybe this is gratuitous, but this is the Roman Reigns we want, and this is the Roman Reigns we deserve. Come on, put that hat on. See how it fits. Monday night, Reigns was the Reigns that he should always have been and always should be going forward. I will fully agree with you with that. I still have – there's something in me that just really bothers me about Roman Reigns, and, and it's really more Vince McMahon than Roman Reigns. What happened to the Vince McMahon back in the day in the 90s and 2000s when he would try to push someone as a face, it wouldn't work, he would turn them heel, and then he would turn them face? What happened? Was it John Cena? Was it then Roman Reigns where Vince now says, you know what? I'm not turning guys back – and it's not just them, by the way. I'm not turning most people back and forth. Maybe they get one turn ever, or if they don't get one turn, they get zero. Because Reigns, after leaving the Shield, has never been heel. He's been on maybe the heel side of some matches, like with Cena maybe, and a couple others. But instead of doing the the natural thing, turn someone heel, turn them face, work that angle over a two-year span, WWE has been steadfast and absolutely refused to do anything with Roman Reigns to actually get him over. The biggest issue is that fans feel like they're being force-fed him, and they don't want to be force-fed. They want to organically like someone. I think what they did Monday, BC, and this is how I'm tying it together, what they did Monday is how you can organically like a character. No, no, true, true. And, and certainly in the big picture to what you teased to, we know why he hasn't gone heel yet and might not, right? It's because he's their next Cena. He's the babyface guy that they want to let, you know, high-five kids in wheelchairs, and that's perfectly fine. But this it might be the time to talk about this because we're going into a feud with Lesnar and we sort of laid out this dream scenario in the past. We know that he's organically going to get the the heel cheers when they finally let him be a heel and not heel for a day by trying to vehicular homicide uh, Braun Strowman, like a real heel. Get Putting him with, with Paul Heyman and screwing Brock Lesnar is that move. Do you have any confidence right now that we will get that move when you keep in mind that Brock Lesnar's contract supposedly ends after WrestleMania. Dana White, the UFC president, Sunday night, 
Timing is everything. During the pay-per-view broadcast, tweets out a picture on Instagram of him and Brock Lesnar, Brock wearing a UFC t-shirt. That's in play. That's for real. So could this be the, the, the time and the right season to put Paul and Roman together? Even if you don't officially call him a heel, just book him a heel the rest of the way. Well, any time is the right time to put Roman with Paul because Paul Heyman takes Roman Reigns to the next level. He, he legitimately would, taking away his need to work the mic, and allowing him to fully just be a badass in the ring, beating everyone with his spear, and just going guy to guy down the list and being that dominant champion that he needs to be. So anytime's the right time. Do I have any confidence that's going to happen? No. Uh, so let's get to Lesnar, though, since you brought it up, BC, because we do need to tr- transition to this part of the news or story, whatever you want to call it. So Lesnar was booked for Monday Night Raw. He was advertised, more importantly, for Monday Night Raw. Didn't either didn't show up or WWE had a change of heart and told him not to come because they wanted to push this angle with Reigns. So what do you believe that that's really where we should start here? Uh, Monday night, I believed works you all the way, right? Like I believe this is the creative way to get a hot, juicy feud to get people to care about it, to get people to cheer Roman. And that if anything, they're taking again, real feelings that some of the people in the locker room have, you know, Brock is in the special case, golden boy, booking and and salary and the way that, you know, schedule that maybe it's sort of like take your jealousy feelings and put them on the table. But since then, and in light, you know, when you really look at what that Dana White photo may have meant, it does at least make you question whether there, you know, if there's smoke, there's fire to the idea of where is WWE in terms of negotiations with Lesnar, right? We know he wants to go back to the UFC. Does that mean he wants to go back full time to the UFC? And put wrestling behind him? Does that mean he wants to use the UFC to drive up his renegotiation WWE contract? Which he's done before, by the way. We've seen that last time, including Dana White. What, like an hour before Brock officially signed his last contract with WWE? Doubled the offer, right? As Brock was driving to the ESPN LA studios, the sports center, to make the announcement. Like, we've seen that before. Or does Brock want, I don't know, a mixture of both? Does he want to go fight at the UFC this summer, but have the the open-ended... Uh, relationship to go back and forth. I don't know if, if that's the, on the negotiation table, would that cause, you know, problems? Because Vince McMahon took a major chance in the summer of 2016. Let's not forget that. He let Brock come back to UFC 200. He risked the bad news of potential bad headlines of the failed steroid test, which he got. And he risked a really bad knockout loss, which not only one month ahead of SummerSlam would have ruined plans, but that would have changed your booking of Brock Lesnar. We can't forget that. He gets knocked cold. That changes your real-life booking for him. So I wonder if Vince is going to be as willing, and I wonder, and this is 100% me speculating, I wonder how smooth things actually are, and was there any part of Vince McMahon that had that promo delivered on Monday night as a message. You know conspiratorial uh, hero Campbell wants to believe that. What about hardcore, more realistic Adam Silverstein? Well, whether Lesnar skipped out on the show or whether WWE changed their booking and told him not to come in order to play this angle, it's kind of irrelevant to me. I want to talk about the larger question or the larger topic that you brought up, which is Brock Lesnar's future, whether it's UFC, WWE, etc., one point of just order here, I think his contract actually ends end of April, not immediately after WrestleMania. But regardless of that, I would the way I would handle Brock Lesnar, if I ran WWE, Sunday, April 8th, I think it is, would be the last time you ever see Brock Lesnar in WWE. And, and it's very simple. He brings everyone else down. Yes, there are amazing matches. Yes, Brock Lesnar is a one-of-a-kind generational athlete. That SummerSlam match was incredible. But guess what? 
Brock Lesnar was in that match for like 10 minutes, right? Because he was backstage in the locker room for half while he tried to sell that injury. Brock Lesnar has wrestled an hour on television and pay-per-view streaming WWE Network this entire calendar year. Seth Rollins wrestled 65 minutes (laughs) in one single match on Monday Night Raw. Brock Lesnar is the reason the Universal title has been on TV like six times over 12 months. And he's never, it's never been defended on TV. It's never wrestled on TV. You don't even see, he, he's even handicapping how many times we see Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman's only made like six additional appearances to say, oh yeah, Brock's not here, but I am, right? He brings down everything in WWE because he takes what is, what's either the company's number one or number two title and makes it largely irrelevant. I don't need him. I don't need him hurting booking. I don't need him giving Vince more trouble trying to set up angles. I don't need Brock Lesnar in WWE. Whoa, whoa. All right. Before I retort, I just want to actually figure out what you're trying to say. Why don't you just spit it out? Why don't you just talk straight to me and quit beating around the bush? What are you trying to say? F Brock Lesnar. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh, You're way off here. You're way off here. Come on. Like, all right. I can understand 2016... Lesnar uninspired against Ambrose. You're basically just like with the old Brock Lesnar character. I'm bored, brother. But I think he's brought it in the ring when he is there. Do I get upset when he only comes out in the first five minutes of Raw, doesn't say anything, and then you don't see him again? And you're like, come on, Vince, that's a waste of an appearance. Get a better handle on your boy there, right? Yes, 100%. But I really think Brock Lesnar is that special all-time character, even in this season of his life and career, that we will miss so much when he's gone and we will wish we can go back to this moment and enjoy when we see him and let's not forget adam when we have seen him in the last year incredible great balls of fire match with samoa joe after a great build incredible SummerSlam main event the feud with goldberg pretty damn good right that wrestlemania car wreck match even the match with Strowman. we didn't like the ending but pretty good match i get the frustration of his schedule but WWE is so far better off when they have him and when they have him inspired and happy, by the way, like he was against AJ Styles. So you're letting the emotion spill over a little bit. No, here. no, 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 I'm not. Because I'm not saying that Brock Lesnar as a special attraction for SummerSlam and WrestleMania for short five-week contracts where he does two Raws and a pay-per-view, or you know, and then maybe the, uh, a Raw after the pay-per-view, that's fine if you want to use him that way. There's plenty of guys. And by the way, Cena has, like... He's obviously on in a full-term contract, but there's been times he's come back this year for five weeks and disappeared for two months, right? If you want to use him in that way and you don't want to take the put the title on him and have him absorb that for the entire year, which, by the way, BC, you want to know why Braun Strowman was not champion this year? Brock Lesnar. Same thing with Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, yeah, that, Samoa Joe, well, everyone else on Raw. Let me stop you there. Do you think that's uh, a Brock problem, or do you think that's just Vince going all in on the I need to prop Brock up as much as we can so when Roman beats him at 34 it'll be the biggest victory of Roman's career I mean that's the booking but that booking exists because Brock Lesnar exists and because he's getting paid so much money to be the guy who ultimately does the job to Roman Reigns but let me ask you this I think I think you got misdirected hostilities I think you're taking it out on Brock and and you're almost you know something brother you're crossing the line right now into some real dangerous territory. You're taking it out on the beast when it's you got a Vince problem, just like the fans in Philadelphia no. in 2015 when they booed Roman. They had a Vince problem. They never Roman problem. 
Now, the dangerous territory was me saying F Brock Lesnar, and I can't believe I said that. And please, no one ever send that audio to him ever because I don't want to get my head ripped off my body. I'm very sorry, Brock. I apologize just in case you hear this podcast for some reason. Um, no, no, I, I don't. No, that's not the case, BC. I think, I think it's. I don't like when guys come into WWE and force like Vince on his own is having booking problems. I don't like when people come in and make him have more booking problems. Like say what you will about the storyline, the year long storyline, right? If he did skip raw on Monday night, then he threw a wrench into Vince McMahon. And even if it's minor in Vince McMahon's year long plan for him, where he said, Brock, we're going to let you look dominant in every single performance you have. You're going to hit the F five. You're going to win. No one's going to kick out of it for a full calendar year. All we want you to do is do the job at WrestleMania. And if Brock is protesting that right now and skips Raw, doesn't show up be- for whatever reason, he doesn't like the storyline. We don't know. Is, wait, wait, do that's we a know? Hindrance. That's a hindrance. You would not give anyone else a break except True. for Brock Lesnar. But do I, my question is, do we actually know? Uh, you probably read more dirt sheet lead up to this than I. Do we actually know he was scheduled and didn't miss? Like, could this just be as an example, like, Brock had a sick uncle, and he had to go see him, and Vince is like, all right, to replace that, we're going to write a juicy angle and make it feel like uh, everyone hates Brock. No, I, I really haven't read anything about it. I'm just – he was advertised for the show. He didn't show up. And again, if it was booked that way, that's great too, but that really doesn't change my opinion of Brock Lesnar. Like the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match is going to main event WrestleMania, and it's going to be – it should be awesome, right? But Brock Lesnar has still – everything else I said surrounding Brock Lesnar remains true. He's eaten up a world title for an entire year – and made it largely irrelevant. And WWE's well, so other gender. title. So did gender, by the well, way. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. WWE's other title, they completely soiled for an entire year as well. All right. I said that the concept, the, you know, the, the end product of this, the WWE being brilliant, is they're going to make us love Roman Reigns. You just spewed so much Brock hatred that Vince is going to make you love Roman Reigns by the end of this. There's no question. Final topic on Lesnar here. Uh, do we think there's – like, should we be fearful if we're Vince McMahon? That there's any possible chance Brock won't want to do business. I'm not saying we got a Montreal screw job it, but is because look, Brock's the shooter of all shooters, right? If he actually wanted to hold somebody down to try to get a pin or or not, like look, you're not going to pin Brock Lesnar in a shoot if he doesn't want you to. Is there any chance that Vince should be fearful that he won't do business? I I know I drink the conspiracy juice, so I'm more likely to try to say that there is. But you're more of a clearer head sometimes, a pessimistic clearer head, but. Would you have any fear if you're Vince? I mean, I would only have fear if my lawyers didn't write that contract in a way where Brock knew, you know, exactly what the what he had to do or that he had to follow Vince McMahon's booking, because otherwise you sue the hell out of him. I mean, WWE is money. They have lawyers and Brock wants his money. So if Brock wants to lose his entire yearly contract where he made eight appearances for WWE, I mean, he better do what Vince wants him to Uh, do. Right. Vince is smart. And if there's more smoke and fire to this, then we realize he will continue to play this thing out and let as much real-life stuff going on bleed into that storyline. I am fired up. So, BC, I want nothing to do with Brock Lesnar. But you know who I want everything to do with? Rowdy, Ronda, (laughs) Rousey. Let's move into the second part of our main event. She signed her contract officially at Elimination Chamber. You know, that piece of paper with her name really large on it. That is obviously a legal document. That, she, that that every single uh, match and contract gets signed on Raw and SmackDown. Anyway, she signed it at Elimination Chamber. She's continuing this feud with Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and the insertion of Kurt Angle. You know, 
I loved it, BC. What did you think of what happened Sunday and Monday? I just want to tell the viewers, anybody, listeners, anyone who thinks that Silverstein is this this dark lord who hates everything, you want to get the Silverstein fired up and excited. You mentioned Ronda Rousey. <laughs> this guy loves him some Rousey. Uh, here's the thing: she's getting a lot of let's say crap, right? She's getting a lot of crap from the haters online for her mic skills. Look at all of this crap in this ring. And I want to tell everybody to back off. Yes, this is Powers of Positivity Campbell on the road to WM34, but I'm telling you, this is working, this Rousey experiment, and she is showing us some some good things here. Is the is the mic work great? No, right? But here's the thing. I know she has a full-time contract, but I'm not comparing her now on her first three days on the job to... Somebody who's a full-time wrestler. If this was a Charlotte Flair feud or an Oscar feud for Rousey on day one, I would have different expectations and comp- comparisons of who she should be right now. I'm comparing her to what she is right now this month, a celebrity being added to a major feud on WrestleMania. No different than Floyd Mayweather against Big Show, LT against Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, Stephen Amell, whatever, there's a SummerSlam against Cody, whatever you want to say here. And you know what? She's doing pretty damn good under that setting because we haven't seen her wrestled a, wrestle a drop yet outside of throwing Triple H to the table. And I think she's probably going to be better at that, I think we can all agree, than she is on the mic. And even though she's not great so far, this storyline is working and it's putting together because they have smartly put her in there in a celebrity mixed tag feud with three people who can entertain and have been their brother and know what they're doing. Kurt Angle was the star of Sunday night by far, right? And I like the fact that she's going to go opposite Steph, who's still the best heel in the company when she wants to, when she's not just crapping on people for the sake of it. So that part has me fired up in terms of the potential of this. Yes, it's been a little spotty, but I think, Adam, some of the parts people didn't like about Sunday night, the first half of that segment, may have been intentionally performed that way, right, to set up that reveal, which was well done again of Angle saying, no, no, they're trying to screw you. Yeah, heel. Well, first of all, heel four letter word Steph is the best Steph. Like you can hate Stephanie McMahon for trying to like co-opt the women's revolution, evolution, and, and some of the other things she does, but heel Steph is amazing. Always will love her. I, you know, I think people think a couple things about Ronda Rousey. Um, one that she's not going to be good in the ring, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. The woman literally has. Is it a gold? Does she have a gold medal in judo? She or has just a bronze a, medal. Bronze medal. Bronze Olympic medal in judo, which, by the way, you learn how to take falls and do arm bars and a lot of that other stuff in judo. She's the arguably the greatest women's UFC fighter of all time, so she knows how to deliver strikes just as well as Lesnar ever did, probably extremely better. And she's, um, she's legitimately, and this and, is legit, one of the best female athletes in the history of sports, history. so that's, that's legit. And, and she also is a lifelong wrestling fan who not only watches the product and knows what's expected of someone in this position, but has been training for wrestling, even just for fun. You know, showing up in rings with Shayna Baszler before she was seriously training with Brian Kendrick, like she has been the last four or five months. She's been doing wrestling moves forever. So to think that Ronda Rousey, this athlete, this wrestling fan, is not ready to compete in a WWE ring is asinine. That's number one. Number two I don't think she's very good at acting humble and shy and nice, and that is what they purposely had her do her first two appearances, and that's why the mic work wasn't exceptionally good in those promos. You know what was she was awesome doing, BC? Telling Steph that she was going to rip her damn arm. Yes, and and and, and what you loved when she ran out to that ring on Raw, right? And Angle had to come running behind her to stop her from 
ripping an arm off. That was believable intensity. So that's the that's what you should do. Limit her dialogue a little bit more and put her in spots like that where she can win. She's a pure badass, both in person and in character, and she needs to act that way. They pers- they they like I said, they purposely had her act nice and humble on those first two appearances, and maybe she didn't do a good job, or maybe she did exactly what they wanted her to do and kind of be demure and not really seem like she was going to be the same badass she was in UFC. And then as soon as Steph pissed her off, Triple H (laughs) pissed her off, you saw exactly why Ronda Rousey is going to be a star. And I'm going to regret saying this, BC. She's going to main event WrestleMania, whether with Charlotte or someone else, at some point during this three-year time. Why will you regret saying that? Because in case it doesn't happen, you know, I like being um, right. You're, yeah, and your take is basically this, and we, we sort of had a discussion offline, that you think she's going to be great at this. Not just, you know, as good of like a Becky Lynch, you know, or a passable female. You're saying she would be great at this profession. I I don't think I have reason to doubt that, even though, again, first couple of days in the microphone, not the best. And here's my thing about comparisons and expectations. Look, it's a stretch of your suspension of disbelief to see her pick up Triple H slam him through a table, and then sign a contract and dump it on him and walk away, and Triple H is going to stay down like he's hurt. Yes, of course, but look, this is a celebrity feud right now. Let's give her time to get better and give her time to evolve in this role and and get some matches in and get booked. Like, that's going to happen. Right now, this is what it's supposed to be, a marquee celebrity Put her on the poster of WrestleMania. They have something that's going to work here because, come on, you know Steph and Triple H are going to amp this storyline up. Angle, this is probably the best role for him. I don't like that they wasted his comeback twice already, but this is probably the best role for him. And it would connect the dots to Survivor Series, which we didn't like, but at least they're going back and they're putting the wires together and crossing them. That's what I want. That's what I want. I, I, I do hope that they go back to that and they mention the Survivor Series and Triple H turning on him at some point over the next five weeks and really do fully connect that dot. Like we know that that was something that was left out there, but fans need to kind of be reminded. I hope they do that. Anyway, I love what they're doing with Ronda Rousey. Superstar future, in my opinion, BC. I want to know if you love what WWE is doing with free agent John Cena. I also don't think WWE actually knows what the word free agent means. <laughs> it means you sign somewhere and then you're there. Um, but anyway, John Cena switched brands again, went over to SmackDown, defeated AJ Styles in the main event uh, Tuesday night and what I thought was a really good match, especially for a TV main event secured his shot in what is no longer a triple threat, no longer a four-way, no longer a five-way, a six-way main event. It's a battle royal. Fast lane. What's up? It's a battle royal, basically. It's basically a fast. battle royal, yeah. Uh, all part of his master plan to get to WrestleMania. So, you know, are you buying into not just John Cena on SmackDown, BC, but the direction that this is going into Fastlane and how it's affecting this big main event? Oh, yeah. Ha- Happy Times Campbell is back. I like this. Look, uh, again – Go ahead, crap on the he has no road to WrestleMania. He's a super celebrity. Of course, that's all That's all. whatever. It's part of the storyline, though. But what this is doing is stretching this out. They didn't just announce he's going to fight whoever he's going to end up fighting, Undertaker, whoever you want to guess it's going to be. They're stretching it out where every week we're kind of questioning, you know, who is it going to be? And they're getting ratings out of it, which is the real reason why he became a free agent in the first place. When he does come back to the picture after acting, they can plug him in wherever he wants. That's annoying most of the time when all he does is come back on the 4th of July and wrestle a virtual 30-minute house match to open the show or on Christmas against Elias where it really doesn't mean anything. That's annoying. This was not annoying because he was a part of Monday Night, part of me wanting to tune in and watch it, and he certainly was a part of me caring about SmackDown again 
and wanting to tune in. And that main event match with AJ Styles, I can argue all I want that I don't like that they gave it away on TV, but at least something was at stake, and these guys brought it. It wasn't a four-and-a-half, five-star level on the level of their SummerSlam and Royal Rumble matches, but this is a damn good TV match. It was like 20-something minutes long. SmackDown, though, I will stop and say, if you're going to do the matches during commercials for matches that don't matter, why would you not do it for the main event? And then come back and show them kicking out of each other's finishing moves. Okay, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen, Adam, because I want to be positive here. And John Cena is positive here. I don't know exactly where this is going, and that's good. Cena against anyone at Mania is going to be good, whether it's a fellow legend or whether it's an Elias type who can use the bump that he could give them. I want to see where this goes. I don't think he's going to win the championship. But if they tried to break glass in case of emergency and throw him into a match where his on the line could be his 17th championship to tie Flair, hey, bring out Flair ringside, right? That would only add to the spectacle if they choose to go that way. The fact that they have options right now, I know I can go on multiple dirt sheets and see multiple different rumors, but the fact that there's options right now for Cena, I'm pretty pumped up. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about Cena this whole week was teasing the Undertaker match if that's not what's going to happen. You saw the way that crowd reacted. Since when has a crowd reacted like that to John Cena? The entire arena on Raw Monday night stood up and was going nuts for that potential announcement. What was that? And then Cena Cena pulled it back. Oh, no, no, no. I was told that's impossible by now. Well, let's let's talk about that real quick. Was that just a swerve to get a pop, or was that to test the pop? Did they want to test the market there? Oh, all I'm saying is I didn't like it only if it doesn't happen. Like, why mention it if it's not going to happen and get fans that riled up for John Cena when they never get that riled up now nowadays for John Cena? Moving on to Tuesday, though, look, I hate that they that SmackDown needs John Cena to raise the rent, but it desperately needed John Cena to raise the rent. It did. The show was way better off for him being there. I loved the stare down with Shinsuke Nakamura, teasing that he actually might win the six-way match, even though we know he's not going to. The only thing I don't like about this entire situation with SmackDown, I don't necessarily mind Styles having to put the title on the line. I've said previously I wish it was a one-on-one match and someone just had an opportunity. But SmackDown just can't book these other six guys, so they have nothing else to do with them, right? My biggest issue is how is AJ Styles not losing his mind that all he's done is beaten every single person they put in front of him, every obstacle they've thrown his way, and now he has to defend the title in a six-way uh, match where Raw didn't have, where Brock uh, Lesnar didn't have to do it on Raw. Yeah, like, they've neutered he should, him. He, he should be going nuts. He every- should, and they've neutered him, and it's it's part of that whole thing we've had a problem with their main event storyline. I should be more mad that this is a 19-man match and that it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm choosing to get excited about the Cena part of it. And I don't think we can fast forward too far on who he can, who he could face though. Look, I don't, I'm always in this gray area with dirt sheets and revealing things, especially on this show, right? There's certain dirt sheet sort of rumors about hirings and firings that are important. Sometimes giving away the potential booking is, depending on who you are as a fan, it's something you don't want to hear, but SI's Justin Barrasso. Hey, did- you know what? Let's not do it. Let, let's not say it. Let the, if they want to go and look it up. They can go to SI and see what Justin Barrasso had to say. All right. That there, there's that man that will be a reveal. We know the Taker rumors have been there forever. Heck, again, is it impossible that Cena could work his way into a AJ Nakamura triple threat match? I don't think it's impossible, right? No, it's not impossible. I think fans would be pissed. Like <laughs> the, the whole goal should be at this point in WWE. Don't do things to make fans mad at John Cena and Roman Reigns. Like It's one thing to book them softly and, and not strong enough where fans naturally like them as faces. It's another thing to book them in ways, and WWE continues to do this, book them in ways where fans hate them more. Like, it would have been one thing if Reigns won that Royal Rumble before WrestleMania 31, and Daniel Bryan was never in the match. 
But to put then they put Daniel Bryan in the match, had him get eliminated six guys in or whatever, and made the fans turn on Reigns. So don't do things to spite yourself. I think that's the key. Final comment we, on Reigns, just real quick. Are we missing um, – and it doesn't look like they're going to do it, but wouldn't Cena Braun been a good way to get Braun over and let him, let him crush the aging Cena? If you want Cena to lose at Mania, I think that's a very reasonable match to have. No question about it. Right. But with that said, BC, we got a lot more show to do. Let us move on to Hero or Zero. So the women's elimination chamber, you and I loved. Spoiler alert, way better than the men's. Alexa Bliss ended up coming out on top in that match. Earlier in the night, Nia Jax, as we expected, lost to Asuka in her singles match for, again, the convoluted uh, stipulation with her possibly getting a Raw title match, whether that's triple threat with Asuka, who the hell knows. Um, So Alexa Bliss appears headed to WrestleMania against Asuka, we think, possibly, Maybe, who knows? Nia Jax is still lingering out there or something. BC, I said a lot right here. How about you shorten it up for me? Hero or zero? Overall hero. So, a couple things to nitpick, right? Uh, suddenly now Asuka doesn't get the same pick Shinsuke does, right? Because they didn't formally announce now that Asuka and Alexa Bliss are going to face off, yet they casually mentioned it as fact in passing like two or three times. That's a little convoluted, to use a Silverstein phrase, as is the lingering option of what Nia Jax is going to do. But here's my final take on that. It's a hero because I don't know where they're going, and the players involved are big time. No matter how this ends up, if it ends up Asuka winning the championship at WrestleMania to keep the streak alive, that's big time. And what we got this week on Monday Night Raw was my favorite version of Alexa Bliss, the hashtag Raw is Bliss version, where she's just, you know, taking out everybody verbally. She's saying things like this. Asuka, I know your English is not great. I mean, she's just being a pure heel, and it's great. This is a feud in particular where I don't want to go dial up Meltzer's dirt rag and see if he's onto something here. I want to see it play out. If it ends up with a triple threat with Nia Jax involved, I'm not going to hate that match. That's going to be a damn good match. There's a lot There's a lot of, you know, it's almost like the old uh, NES ice hockey game when you get the, the, tall, the small, medium, and large player. You kind of have that going in this match. It would be very interesting how that would play out because the players involved are all top shelf. Hero. Yeah, it's a hero for me, too. I don't want to really get too nitpicky with it. Um, I like Alexa Bliss retaining the title out of chamber. I thought there was an opportunity. If I was booking it, obviously, I would have had Banks win and have the title feud with Bailey. That's something I want to talk about separately. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I like Asuka, obviously, continuing her streak against Nia Jackson. I like the way that match transpired. But again, just like with Braun later in the night, they had Nia destroy Asuka. And I thought maybe they were doing that to send Asuka off to SmackDown to challenge Flair. Because again, she has this choice. They've made it extremely clear both on TV and online that Asuka gets to choose her opponent just like Shinsuke Nakamura did. What what bothers me, the zero I'm going to give is not towards this. It's for what happened in the Royal Rumble. You have these two Royal Rumble winners, right? Shinsuke got to choose. He chose live. But now AJ has to defend the title, so he may not be picking AJ. You have Asuka win. She gets to choose. But you have Michael Cole on Raw saying like, a thousand times that Asuka Bliss is the match booked for WrestleMania. WWE has not booked that. It's not on the website. And on the website, they continuously say Asuka gets to choose her opponent. So if it's a swerve, it's poorly done. If Michael Cole is screwing up, he's doing it consistently. 
tell me what this angle is and what this feud is and just let me know so I can go along for the ride with you. So zero on the booking, but hero for the women. I thought they did a great job. All right, Adam, number two, hero or zero. Bailey and Sasha Banks finally turned on each other at Elimination Chamber on Sunday night, but they opened Raw with the two frenemies teaming up on a run-in to protect Asuka against the heels. Then again, it changed during that six women Raw tag team match. Hero or zero to the handling of what looks like it may be a friends turn enemy feud between Bailey and Banks heading into Mania. So I'm actually going to give this a zero, and I'm going to tell you why. I just a couple weeks ago watched NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, and I saw the match. Banks, Bailey, I'd seen it probably two or three other times. It is amazing. If these two are going to face off at WrestleMania, it needs to be a long, drawn-out feud with a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment, gritty, um, and it needs to be for a title. And I don't want WWE to waste this opportunity to have an epic WrestleMania women's match. Literally, maybe the one of the top three matches they could possibly have on like an undercard or kickoff show potentially with Sasha Banks and Bayley where they absolutely tear down the house. It's for that reason that it's a zero. Let me tell you why it's a hero. BC, well, well, you, you, can't, you can't drink from both sides of the cup here. I'm, I'm doing some 50-50 booking here. It, it's a, the, the answer here is a zero. I want to tell you what oh, I like Costos about it. Oh, Costos would have killed you. Costos would have killed you right now for this. <laughs> I, I want to tell you what I would, what I like about it. One BC, it's fan reactions like this. Are you such a bad friend? <laughs> All right. Like, great, maybe the greatest moment on Raw for me, that. And the fact that they are building it with five weeks to go. They're not rushing it with three weeks left. They've been, sli- you know, telling us a little bit of the story here and there. And, and it's getting better. But, I want it to be bigger. I want it to be more important. Well, that was that sound from that fantasy feel spot worthy. That's just genius. Keeping it kayfabe. It's still real to me. Damn it. I actually think it's a hero for every reason you said it's a zero because they have the history of doing great matches. I, I get the title sort of part of it. And because anytime you're doing a best friend breakup, especially one that's been teased this long, there's juice to it. It gets you emotionally involved. They still have the time. I know you want a long build, but where are we out? 39 days right now out to WrestleMania, potentially, I think is the number. There's, there's still time, right? That's four episodes. There's still time for them to get there from my regard. I don't need a Bailey, this is your life type of thing, but I think they're going to get there. I think this has hero written all over. Is it, is it still a hero if it's on the kickoff show? Oh, no, no, no. That's bad. It's got it. Come on. Don't do that to me. How about we just don't have a kickoff show? We just have an eight hour raw or eight hour <laughs> mania, right? That's basically what it is anyway. All right, BC, number three here. Rollins definitely lived up once again to his Monday Night Rollins nickname on Raw, closing out with a series of aerial moves and big shots and a five-star frog splash three-quarters of the way across the ring uh, on The Miz to get the pin in the match. So hero or zero to the idea that Rollins is the best in-ring worker in WWE? You know what? Right now, I, I say a hero to that. And that wasn't a five-star frog star. It was like a 15-star. Like, it's a, it's a tour to Rollins every single week, and it's fantastic. And it actually goes back more than just like three, four weeks. It's actually been – he's on a pretty good couple-month run. He's had a couple – you know, if you watch any match, he has these – Two and a half minute runs where he gets like nine moves in a row. Look, I know Falcon Arrow or Superplex into Falcon Arrow. That's when you're going to get me upset because that's a finishing move and everyone kicks out. Outside of that, right now, he's the best worker in the ring WWE has. Yes, AJ has a maybe the only one with a higher ceiling, but AJ's not being AJ right now because of the booking. Rollins is everything that's right about wrestling. I tweeted that Monday. I mean that I want so much more. I want, I want Rollins. I, Seth Rollins, I love you. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely a hero. Uh, he's younger than AJ. He's more athletic now than AJ. And guess what? 
He's 10 times more over than Roman Reigns. There's only because a few things in life that are certain. Death, taxes, and Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns every single time. And that's because Seth Rollins, BC, has it. And you know who else has it? It. Finn Balor has it. And The Miz has it. And what I would love to see is Finn Balor, The Miz, and Seth Rollins in a triple threat match for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's a hero idea right there. The only problem is now we're, we're probably on our way to booking seven triple threat matches at WrestleMania to just to get everybody on the roster, but that's... Look, that, that's great. I'll take that because Rollins-Balor is a five-star match waiting to happen, but The Miz brings brings angles, personality, heel. No one has to turn heel if you got The Miz involved. And, and let's just hope we get the demon from Finn Balor, please. I would like that oh, very much. Come on, come on. Not without a heel turn. Demons are baby faces unless you're an old 50-year-old. This is Kane. Uh, Adam, also this week, Hero Zero number four, Andrade Cien Almas on NXT last week defeated Johnny Gargano in a fantastic title rematch with the stipulation that Johnny Wrestling must now leave the territory NXT for good. Psychopath Tommaso Ciampa also came out and hit him with the crutch again. Hero to zero to where the gargano Champa blood feud could be headed with the key question being where. Yeah, I think we're going uh, NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Unsanctioned match. Maybe Champa doesn't get cleared medically. Gargano's not part of the company anymore. You do something in a cell or something really, really cool stipulation-wise. No holds barred uh, to get them in the ring together. You get Gargano his win. You move him over to 205 Live. Um, even though I think Gargano could easily work on the main roster, but you know, if they couldn't book Daniel Bryan, I don't trust them booking, you know, Johnny Gargano on SmackDown or Raw or anything like that. So it's a hero for me overall. Um, I would have liked to see Gargano with the title, but I love what they're doing with him and Ciampa. Um, I like the angle with him leaving NXT because it makes you question what's going on. The biggest problem with NXT is you, like, have a title match uh, and you say someone leaves NXT, but, like, they tape six episodes at a time in Atlanta. <laughs> so, you, I mean, I try not to see the spoilers, but you kind of know what's going to happen a little bit. So... It's very difficult to do that kind of angle when you book it this way. I got kayfabe glasses on, and I'm not hearing or seeing anything. See no evil, hear no evil. Yeah, absolute hero, by the way, to how this was handled, where we're going. It is smarter. I like what you said with the unsanctioned idea. It's smarter to keep it on NXT because my first instinct is send them both to 205 Live. Let's really change the face of 205 Live. But then again, you're just making it NXT light. I'd rather 205 evolve into what I think it should be, which is a carbon copy of the Cruiserweight Classic which, by the way, is not working in the big arenas. This week's episode had two really good matches, and they're in dead, empty arenas. Please, Hunter, save this brand by putting it in the full in full sale where it belongs. But, yeah, hero to what's going on with NXT. Uh, Johnny Wrestling and, and Ciampa, I, you know, you can put it back together in the long run, but I think they're going to make magic on the way to getting there. That TJP match was incredible on Tuesday night. Uh, no other yeah. way to put it. All right, let's finish up uh, Hero Zero BC. Braun Strowman now looks like he's possibly headed to WrestleMania either in a feud with Elias or potentially in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. If he can't be used in the main event and WWE for some reason doesn't end up adding him to this Lesnar-Reigns match, Hero or Zero to a match with Elias first or the Andre the Giant Battle Royal being the best possible use 
of him considering how hot he is right now. I mean, that's ultimately the question. If you're not going to put him in the main event for the title, what's the best use to capitalize his heat? I would say zero to the Andre the Jobber Battle Royal because we still perceive it as a Jobber Battle Royal where one mid-card guy gets a little bit of a slight push, right? Like Cesaro at that time or now, who was it last year? Mojo, you know, gets that little bump. Baron Corbin, he's past that. He doesn't need that. Unless they suddenly make that Jobber Royal a star-studded event, that's a bad move. Elias is a good move. Although it's certainly a lateral to backstep from the main event level, it's two guys red hot who could use each other in the same way Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream did in a smaller poor man scenario of just rubbing each other's heat off of each other. There'd be a lot of rubbing going on, but I'm just saying that could be a look. They're they're hot fire against each other. We saw that in, in Braun bringing out that big base cello, whatever, a couple weeks ago, and we saw it this week. And Adam, I want to interrupt this broadcast to ask you this. The only unanswered moment about that was when that limo pulled up. And a lot of people are going, why didn't they reveal it? I'm glad they didn't reveal it because this is something that seems to be part of the Brock Angle move, Braun Angle moving forward. And I like that to get somewhere to build a WrestleMania feud, we have unanswered questions. Braun versus Elias is a hero. I established that. But who do you think was in that limo? I mean, I think it was, honestly, I hate to kind of, you know, ruin your, your, uh, Marking out or whatever you want to call it on this. Um, I think it was just Triple H and Steph and they cut away too soon or no. Brock, Brock was in the shot. They didn't walk out. I don't think there's anything. That was for a reason. The cliffhanger moment. Maybe. That was a cliffhanger moment. Come on. Maybe. I mean, I'll, I'll give you the possibility of it. I just didn't. To me, it was Triple H and Steph because the signing was coming up next. Maybe it was Ronda. I, I didn't so really it, think of it that way just to me. But to answer this question. So you're saying uh, it's not Dwayne The Rock Johnson is what you're saying? No, it's not The Rock. Um, to me. What's proposed here in either of these individual matches is a zero. The hero for me, because there's not enough space on this card with all the titles and all the other matches they need to have. What would be a hero is if they make the Andre the Giant Battle Royal something legitimate, put both of these guys in it, have them be the last two in the ring. They need to build this Battle Royal up. They have the Andre the Giant doc coming up on HBO the same week as WrestleMania, I think, or the week after, something like that. Make this match matter. Put a ton of really good top-tier talent in it and let Braun Strowman win. So for me, that would be the hero. But no, what's proposed here is a zero. All right. That'll wrap up hero or zero. Now it's time to let your voice be heard for the people, by the people. It's time to slide in them DMs. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? <laughs> Can I have your attention, please? just received an email from the anonymous Raw General Manager. Michael Cole, shut up. Oh, yeah, Vince. <laughs> All right. First that's off, not the, from... By the way, that's not the permanent theme song there, but I, I just love that soundbite so much I wanted to give it one more run. I'm okay with it, just not the whole, like, 45 seconds of it. Just cut it after, like, 15 seconds. I think there it is. Good. There it is. Up first from Tristan Ataliano at Ataliano underscore Tristan. BC, heard you and Silver King going back and forth over which show you guys should or would go to over WrestleMania 34 weekend. By the way, we do still need to figure this out. The uh, Ring of Honor Supercard Show or NXT TakeOver, he wanted to let us know that not even the vows of holy matrimony <laughs> will keep him and his wife together on that day. They're a house divided. Um, he He's the bigger wrestling fan of the two. He's going to the NXT show. Smart move, buddy. I'm the bigger wrestling fan of me and BC, apparently, because I agree with you. <laughs> she will be going to the Ring of Honor show. If this doesn't prove the revolution is real, I don't know what does. Wow, yes, Tristan Alvarado, our our guy, he's all in right there. Cue the soundbite, Brandy. Tristan is all in. 
well, maybe he's not all in because he's going to NXT, Adam. So, you know, how about yes, that? He is. There's not a question in there, but, but shout out to the Atalano family for, for keeping it real here. Yeah. L- like, uh, like Tristan's, uh, I assume lovely wife. I just want me some Kenny Omega. Doesn't mean I'm going to end up there. I, I feel like I'm leaning NXT right now because of how hot they are, but. Uh, but, but yes, I want to see Kenny Cody above any other match that weekend, not on Sunday night. I think if we did not have the ability to see Kenny Omega on Thursday at that WrestleCon Super Show or something like that, um, I think then it would be very, very difficult. And like I might actually be with you and potentially going to that Ring of Honor uh, Super Show. But, man, I don't know how we can avoid NXT TakeOver oh, New Orleans. Like so that type of crowd on WrestleMania weekend. You uh, Listen, Orlando last year, right? wasn't the best one they've had, especially the main event. Wasn't great. But the intros to that main event of Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode, granted, two best theme songs in WWE, I have never had more of a feel-spot moment for like a non-actual wrestling thing than that. That was incredible. And the takeover shows that we last saw in Brooklyn in person and the one you mentioned in Orlando, NXT's done a great job of revealing a big indie star that we thought might be coming and then they have them run in, right? Not just sit in the front row, but run in and have a moment. That adds to the to the overall. But we want to stick with the revolution real quick and just update what's going on on that NJPW Strong Style Evolve show, which is March 25th in Long Beach, California. We already knew Rey Mysterio against Jushin Thunder Liger. Adam, now we've got the golden lovers of Kenny Omega and, you know, your mainest man. This is strong style. This is Kota Ibushi. Against the Young Bucks, and also they've added Hangman Page against the new U.S. champ, IWGP, J. Switchblade White, who does not move my needle. Uh, it's coming together a bit, Adam. I think it still needs that top hat of Jericho Naito, if that's still possible. But golden lovers, Young Bucks, oh, heck yeah. The Young Bucks actually said something on Twitter, which I totally agree with. Like, they made a massive mistake not getting a bigger venue. How they're only doing this show in front of 5,000 people is a joke. They could probably sell 10, maybe 15 in California for this uh, event. I mean, loaded card. I still think we're getting Jericho Naito in the main event. Please. Like, if I could fly and BC and we and we decided not to all go to WrestleMania, because listen, you know, budget's not unlimited here. I might actually run to go see that. That That's how good that card's going to be. Uh, I just love when you're using the word run and revolution in the same sentence. So come on, come on. I'm sorry, quote-unquote revolution. All right, number two coming up here from Trevor at Trey Darty. Uh, what will WWE do with Carmella and the Money in the Bank briefcase? I can't see her cashing in before WrestleMania due to her lack of star power. I also want to know if this year for the Money in the Bank winners were the wrong choices. Corbin and Carmella, both average at best in the ring. In past years, we've had Ziggler, Rollins, guys of that ilk. Is it normal, or did they screw it up, or does it just not matter at all? That's what he wants yeah, to know. Very, very interesting question uh, from Trevor, who's a who's a passionate listener of ours. Uh, interesting. I don't think they're going to cash this in on Mania, and we don't know. But I say that, though, when we don't actually know what Charlotte's doing at Mania. And it's SmackDown's giving us the impression, unless Asuka somehow ends up facing her, that Charlotte's going to, I don't know, is she going to face somebody in the Riot Squad, you know, which is not doing it for me? So if she is, that seems to, you seem to feel like that's almost a pre-show match. And would that be the right setting for Carmella to cash in? Interesting. I think they would be more inclined to save that for the Monday after Raw, which they love for big reveals, big returns, and all that. So, Adam, I want to stick on this question for a second. That's where I see Carmella cashing it in Monday night. I, I don't know. Um you're, the point you make about SmackDown women is correct. So she's going to beat Ruby Riot, obviously, at Fastlane. If they change the title, 
I mean, I, I don't even know what I would do if Ruby Riot wins the the WWE SmackDown title uh, for women on that show. Well, so they might. Whoa, they might though to let oh, to no, let no. Charlotte get another moment back. Oh, oh God, please don't do that. Um, so let's say Charlotte takes it in, unless they're going to do a quick heel turn from Charlotte and get Becky Lynch, which is another dream match, and throw that on WrestleMania. Right? Who the hell is she facing if it's not Oscar? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I do like the idea for cashing it in and at WrestleMania and losing because the truth is. I don't know this scenario where Carmella is going to cash in the briefcase and it's going to make sense for her to be champion with Charlotte and some others in the division unless she does cash it in and then Charlotte wins it back in the yeah, next pay-per-view you or know, something like that. Do you think her cashing in at Fastlane and I, and I didn't even mention it and my answer is probably the best scenario. Is that the best scenario? Have her cash in Maybe. at Fastlane and then you run that back. Carmella – you know, flashy heel against Charlotte winning it back at Mania. You know, that's probably the safest bet. I, I that, that would be okay with me, um, especially if you have the Riot Squad beat up Charlotte and then Carmella runs in and, and there's nothing they can do about it. But I to the to the genesis to the real base of this question here, yeah, they made the wrong choices. No, they did. They did. And it's did. not just because Corbin didn't live up to it and they wasted that failed cash in ahead of SummerSlam last year. It's that they fired James Ellsworth. And he said it, and I'm basically taking his words. He said it himself on the Jericho podcast he recently did, which was the first time he's spoken publicly about his situation. And he's not bitter at WWE, but he, he thought there was more for him to do. And he said, he's the reason Carmella won the money in the bank. He literally pulled it off and dropped it into her arms. So for them not to cash that in, if you will, pun intended, in terms of a storyline finish, it didn't make a lot of sense. And I think it ruined Carmella. Well, he's the reason she was over. He's the reason she got that win, 100%. I don't mind him not being there, but I tweeted this out Tuesday night during SmackDown. Carmella hasn't had a singles match on SmackDown since October. She hasn't had a match on SmackDown since January 2nd. They, now, you can tell me they're hiding her so that it's a really big surprise when she cashes it in, but they just showed her on TV last night, you know, texting with people during the show, and she's going to have a match now this upcoming Tuesday. So what are they doing with her? It doesn't. They, they failed massively with Corbin. They failed with Carmella as well because you've saw you've seen it with Dolph Ziggler and with Seth Rollins what the Money in the Bank briefcase can do. It can totally revitalize a show. It can totally revitalize booking, and they can use it at any time. And they ruined it. On it could have made. By the way, there. it could have made Nakamura right during that dark period when he wasn't over and he's feuding with Mahal. And if they just if they made that a part of his character, that could have got him. Or maybe his character doesn't need it. It's it's worth it a bit. Yeah, I don't think he needed it because you if you have money in the bank, you want to be able to talk also. Yeah, and cool. they haven't even given her the ability to talk, so it just doesn't make sense to me. All right, that'll wrap up the DMs this week. Continue to slide at us, and don't forget about our Twitter handle at In This Corner CBS for our show for all your combat news notes highlights, whatever you want to see. It's going to be there for you. Adam, we, we try to end by putting our hand in that field spot. We Sometimes we don't get there, but we got a little bit of a shorter show this week where we can get into it. And my field spot pick for the week, the thing that made me pop the most as a wrestling fan, I want to take you to SmackDown Live. I want to take you to what looks to be the restart of what was the arguably the best WWE feud of 2017, the New Day against the Usos. Adam, when the Usos came out and gave that sort of grisly promo, which was dark and street and tough. That was borderline field spot moment right there, right? It was a continuation of what they do right. And again, I love whenever the the Usos are being honest about their their days wearing the paint, the face paint, and honest, which which uh, one of the brothers said it, of how much they hated that, right? And they were just doing that because that's what they did. They reinvent themselves, but Big E coming back at them with not goofy Big E with the pancakes, not goofy on the ice cream bicycle. 
real Biggie Langston style with that promo about, you know, shut up, Usos. While you guys were shut out of WrestleMania for five straight years, and this was very well written, by the way, we were – and you, you can hear in his words. He was basically saying we weren't just reviving our careers. We weren't just reviving in some ways the tag team division. They were sort of reviving – the future potential for African-American wrestlers in WWE, like without a doubt about it, despite what we love to hear, you know, Vince say a few times on this podcast. There is no racism here in the World Wrestling Federation. We don't allow it, we'll allow it under any circumstances. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. But what you saw there in that promo from Big E was something that's not a new thought. I've said it on this show. You've said it on this show. That Big E is the star in waiting, maybe outside of Rusev, that WWE is not tapping into on the singles level. And man, do I want to see him because there were no gimmicks. There were no catchphrases. You saw a man with a bodybuilder, you know, bodybuilder's body with some intensity in his face. He doesn't have to break up with the New Day, by the way, to be this man. Let him be that man and climb back up to the title level, please, Adam, because that promo touched me right in the field spot. So you stole my feel spot. Uh, so because of that, let's just talk about this a little bit more. Um, big, forget Rusev. I mean, I like Rusev. He's a mid-carder. He should have a title. He should have the U.S. title. He should be doing stuff. He's fun. He's good in the ring. He's decent on the mic. Big E is a world champion. He's in Vince's face while Jinder Mahal gets the title, while they do these stupid other angles with, with guys, you know, with Orton still in the picture for half the year, you know, competing against Mahal. Biggie doesn't have the U.S. title. He doesn't have the Intercontinental title. He's not in the world title picture. And they don't need to break up New Day to do it. You can still have the other guys work as a tag team all the time and have Biggie compete for singles titles. He needs a belt around his waist. He needs to be pushed as a full-time singles wrestler because not only is he that good in the ring, he's amazing on the mic and he can work as a face or a heel, we saw it with Dolph Ziggler when he came out, when, they, he, when he debuted with AJ, uh, not AJ Styles, AJ Lee, uh, in that whole triumvirate right there. So, man, push Big E, like, give us what we want, massive feel spot moment, and still BC. The Usos are the best thing to happen in WWE, at least for SmackDown in 2017. Yeah, and you mentioned it, and I had watched a couple old Rumbles heading into this Rumble, and I had seen a couple, like, you know, Biggie Langston, IC title version of him, you know, like, man, I miss that guy. You said it great, Adam. I am, look, make it happen, Vince. Fire me up. And hey, shout out to AJ Lee. Talent is not sexually transmitted. <laughs> Ew. Well, that'll wrap another week that was Adam and WWE on the ITC in this corner podcast. A little revolution we sprinkled in as well. And as we touched off the top, follow our guy, Nick Costos. Follow all of our CBS people on the new CBS Sports HQ. Big deal for us quote-unquote revolution until you win the bet absolutely he's at silverstein adam i'm at b campbell c b s you know what i'm talking about here Goodbye, and good night, we out <laughs>